it, the the price point that you have to stay within is not as high as most people think. I think some people sometimes have a, the idea that they have to spend thousands, like five grand plus, to really get you know a good piece that could be respected. I mean, truthfully, the best budget to begin for anybody would, if you're looking for something along that line, would be something between 500 to 1,000 tops. That's one of the best price points, in my opinion, to get your feet wet with whatever direction you want to kind of go with. Um, you know, movements in this price point are always pretty much just robust, durable, nothing necessarily highly finished, but they get the job done. And it's a good way to educate yourself on how to even have a watch, owning it, maintaining it, and going through that specific cord. So I would say somewhere between about 500 to 1,000. Hamilton's a great way to go. That was where I went in my early 20s. So I think that's probably, that's probably, yeah, yeah it's a pretty solid suggestion. Welcome to the Green Ops Podcast, where we give you tips and tricks each week to become harder to kill. My name is Luke. I'm your host, also an instructor with Green Ops. Today, we are flipping the script a little bit. Usually, we give you more uh, 2A-based information, whether it be guns, gear, or just mindset. But we're doing something a little bit different. Today, I have on Dan Garcia. He is a watch expert, and I have been dabbling into the world of watches. And so mainly just being selfish, I wanted to get him on the podcast, but we're going to talk about more hard use uh, watches, things that you can wear out on the range. Uh, if you are military law enforcement uh, watches that you can purchase and know that they will last for a good long time. But before we get started, make sure you smash that like button, like, subscribe, share, send to a friend. I always say our advertising budget rhymes with hero. So it's all word of mouth. So if you told a friend and that friend told a friend, we'd be one of the best two-way podcasts out there right now in podcast world. So without further ado, Dan, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing great, brother. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So why don't you just give a little background of like how you got into watches and how you got to be a quote watch expert. Got it, man. Yeah. So I've, I pretty much always had a, you know, a love and passion for horology and watches since I was about 18. Um, I've been working with watches directly right out of high school. Uh, it's pretty much been my main line of job for over a decade now and uh, kind of dabbled into uh, the higher echelon for some luxury pieces uh, I'd say now for about four years, and uh, I used to work with uh, Tourneau, uh, Saks Fifth Avenue. I'm based in New York City, and uh, yeah, it's great, man. It's just uh, it's really just trying to get people educated because watches can be a really intimidating thing to really try to understand. Sure, and I'm like, so I'm just starting to dabble into it, and so like, every, I'm just trying to soak up as much information. Uh, what was your watch? I'm sure you can remember the watch that you bought when you were 18 years old, that kind of got you down this path? Oh, man. You know, if for me, when I was 18, it was a Timex Indigo. You just okay. couldn't go wrong. The plastic cases, those little uh, Velcro straps, they, they held up. They were like 30 bucks at the time. I was 18. I was like, this works. It tells me the time. Right. And that's where it kind of, that, that was like my ride or die for some, probably about three, four years. And then obviously it turned into, you've probably got a watch collection of more than just one or two watches at this point, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. It's... It's a rabbit hole. <laughs> you get one, it's a chain reaction. It goes off to the other, like any hobby, really. Well, yeah. it, it, it dovetails directly into the like firearms world as well, because, you know, you get one thing, you want to get the next thing, or you want to deck that one thing out with some accessories and, and things like that. So mm -hmm. um, also people that listen to this podcast 
or a lot of people that listen to this podcast and are in the two-way world, the firearms world, they do have discretionary funds and watches. I feel like once you get to a certain level, you need to have some discretionary funds <laughs> in order to go ahead and snag some of those things. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, well, the reason I want to just kind of get down to it, you had, um, I had reached out to you and asked if you might be able to kind of walk us, the listeners through a list of watches that you would recommend for more hard use. Uh, when we're out on the range, I mean, we're running around, we're around barricades, we're on the ground, we're in the dirt, we're in the mud. Um, so the watch can take a little bit of a beating when we're actually doing what we need to do. So I wanted to see what your opinions were on some like hard use watches in the different uh, dollar figure category. So I was thinking things under 500, we'll just start with there. Maybe a couple of recommendations that you have. Yeah, for sure. So under 500, for me, it's a clear winner. Um, citizen, citizen, citizen. Uh, it's a brand that I'm sure everybody's familiar with. Um, they have a specific line called the ProMaster, and it's basically a quartz movement, meaning it's a battery-operated watch. So it's very easy to manage uh, after service, that kind of stuff. You just change a battery. But it's solar-powered, and you, you just can't break the thing. Um, it's extremely robust. You can wear it diving. It's got great water resistance. That's pretty much one of my favorite recommendations. You can typically pick these up anywhere between about two to 300 bucks, depending on the, some of the configurations, metal bracelets, so on. Um, but that's really just where it goes for me. I mean, with an eco drive movement like that, you have about a two week uh, power reserve and it works on artificial light or natural light. Uh, it's super accurate. You know, you set it once and you're golden. So most people I know that if have had one, they never really had any issues, any, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. It's just a really, really robust choice in my opinion to go for awesome and you brought it up right off the bat um before we get going any further can i have you explain the difference between like the quartz watches obviously uh the echo drive it charges the battery through sunlight or some sort of light but that and versus like automatic movement watches exactly yeah sure so basically i'm i'll break it down into uh, the quartz and the solar first so okay. they operate the exact same way the main difference is, is that in a solar watch, the uh, indices on the watch, basically like the little numbers or Roman numerals, whatever you might see on them, they have really microscopic solar panels that are going to basically absorb sunlight naturally. And it works with artificial light too, but pure sunlight is really the best way to energize it, almost like a fast charge. And uh, this feeds directly into the battery, which has a power reserve of about two weeks on average. So, you know, you can keep the watch in a, a dark drawer and keep it in there for about two weeks. Once you pick it back up, it's going to automatically reset itself, kind of goes into a sleep mode, and then goes directly back to the main time of whatever time it is at the moment you picked it back up. So those, in my opinion, are some of the best bang for bucks. Mm -hmm. um, traditional quartz is what I feel like everybody's pretty much used to. Uh, you know, runs on a battery. Batteries last about two, three years. You spend maybe about, you know, 20, 30 bucks. You get the battery change. You're good to go for another two, three years. Um, Diving into maybe something like an automatic, uh, that's where it gets really, uh, kind of gets, gets your feet wet a little bit more with uh, real horology. And that's really where it comes down to uh, watches that are uh, kinetic. So there's a rotor inside that'll spin around, essentially powering the watch for you based off of your movement. And you are the power source for that watch. Uh, your movement, you moving your arm around, that's what's going to give the watch direct energy to uh, function. And they typically have a power reserve uh, anywhere from about 40 hours plus. It can sky's the limit, really. So those automatic watches are almost your daily wear. 
exactly. watch. You know, you need to be, or they need to be on a regular rotation for you yeah. to be charging those things up. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they die. And then you just have to basically wind them back up, set the time, and then you're good to go again. Okay. So any other, like, let's stay in that $500 range. Is there anything else that you would recommend for, so you said that ProMaster, the Citizen ProMaster, um, full disclosure, I have two Echo Drives right now that I absolutely love. I wear on the range all the time. Um, and so I couldn't, like, I, I like the Echo Drive. It's super mm -hmm. easy. Like you said, you kind of set it and forget it. But yeah. is there anything else that you would recommend in that sub $500 category? For the quartz, I would stick with the uh, the Citizen. I just feel like that's probably one of the best bang for bucks out there for the price point, especially well under 500. Sure. Um, but if you are looking for something a little bit different, like if you wanted to go for like a mechanical piece, I would highly recommend looking at some of the Seikos, like the Seiko 5 series. Um, those are mechanical watches. Those are what I usually recommend to help kind of get your feet wet in the mechanical world, understanding the maintenance and basically the overall operation of the watch. But those are robust enough, I feel, to really take, you know, tactical use, especially from what I've seen, in my opinion. Um, they're very, very low cost maintenance watches. So if anything ever breaks, it's not going to cost your arm and leg to ever get it fixed. So awesome. And that's one thing to definitely consider when you uh, dabble into that automatic world, right? Yeah. Because they, they do require service X number of years down the road. Mm-hmm awesome it's, it's fair to say usually most watches i would say depending on whatever price point uh it can be 500 5000 50000 assume that roughly about 20% of the price you pay for a watch is what the average is to get it serviced gotcha that's 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 super good to know so mm -hmm. as we run up in price point um let's jump up to like the $1000 world or sub 1000 are you, do you think, though, the more you spend, the more robust those will actually be? Or is it kind of pick of the litter? There's some that are pretty finicky and you wouldn't trust out on the range, or there's some that would be like tanks and it would be no problem? It depends. That's a good question, though, actually. What it really comes down to, as you when, it looks, when you look for like a very robust piece, essentially, um, it really comes down to the case quality. The movement itself is always going to be operating and do it, doing what it needs. But the big issue with, uh, for instance, like using a watch and needing it for tactical purposes and it being broken, losing time, it's all shock absorbance. So typically you need a watch that has really good shock absorbance that can actually withstand those kinds of forces. For instance, you know, firearm shooting, that's a lot of instant force on your wrist at such mm -hmm. a rapid rate. It causes some high, you know, you're not going to wear something like a Patek Philippe shooting, you know what I mean? <laughs> it can cause that to really just go all over the place. Right. But uh, something that would be really good um, when you're looking around the thousand, I recommend Marathon. That's another okay. really good one as well. It's a Canadian brand. Um, they're currently used now by the armed forces and they're, they're the definition of tanks. Um, they're okay. just designed to work, function. They're automatic and there's different configurations you can get. They range from about... I'd say about 800 up to about 13. So they fit somewhere around 1,000, depending on what you're looking for. Um, but those are time-tested, proven by the Canadian Armed Forces to be rock-solid pieces. Okay. And is that like just across the whole brand? Just That is the brand, correct? The Marathon? Yeah, Marathon is the brand specifically. Um, I like them. I think that they provide exactly what you need them to do. Um, they're also one of the few brands out there that really aim toward the tactical market because they use tritium. Uh, tritium is a, a basically a form of luminescence on the watch that is rarely used nowadays, but it just helps with legibility in dark places for much extended longer periods of time. 
So a lot of our listeners will understand that very quickly because that's what they use on a lot of uh, pistol sights is they will stick a little piece of tritium in there so it glows in the dark. Oh, interesting. That's what's in the sights. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So, th- so you can pick up the sights a little bit easier, but this, it works the exact same way. Yeah. In that when you look at your watch, the hands, I'm assuming the hands and maybe the, the numbers or something is actually lit up. That's correct. Yeah. That's exactly how it goes. Yeah. Awesome. Um, anything else in that thousand dollar range that you would recommend? I've got the marathon. Is mm-hmm. there anything else that you would, you would say, yeah, definitely this, or are we just going to jump up a little bit more? I would probably jump up a little bit more. There are other brands in the echelon, but I think when it comes to just being time tested, that's pretty much, that's where I would pretty much put the bread. Okay. Awesome. Now, now let's talk about 2,500 bucks and under. I mean, now we've got some money to spend yeah. and it probably, it probably opens up the world, right? It does. You'd be yeah. surprised how just even a couple hundred bucks can really open up options. Um, for 20, around, around that price point, 25, I would say a good brand to consider would be called Mule Glasuta. This is a little bit off the beaten path. So mm-hmm. Mule Glasuta, it's a German brand. Um, one thing I like about them is, is that once you get into this price point, you have access to a brand of this nature. And they do exactly what I would hope to see in a watch for this price point that's used for field purposes. They have a a model called the SAR. And the thing I love about this thing is that it's, it's a physical bubble. Almost it's almost, it basically has so many shock absorbers inside of the case. It's manufactured out of steel and rubber. So any shock really just doesn't do anything to the movement. So that way the watch is able to stay as accurate as it needs to. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one of my favorite pieces. It's, may not be the most attractive in terms of looks because uh, it does have a bit of a specific style to it. Um, but if you're looking for uh, function over form, that is it for that price point. Okay. And the name of that, that again? Oh yeah. yeah. It's called Mule Glasuta. <laughs> Let me know okay. if you can spell it for me. Yeah. Well, actually when we're, when we're done, I'll have you spell it for me and I will put it down in the show notes. Oh, perfect. So, so everybody can check that out. So, um, and then uh, obviously you're at $2,500. It probably opens up other items. Um, what about like big names that you hear and maybe I'm kind of outside the realm a little bit, but maybe like uh, Omega, some lower end Omegas, Tudor, uh, maybe, maybe I'm kind of jumping into the four or $5,000 range, but how do those like actually hold up to hard use or do they, or are they more a boutique style watch? Yeah, honestly, you hit the nail on the head. That's Omega was going to be my first, uh, first mention around that price point. Tudor is great too. Um, I would just say Omega mainly because of specific references in their collection, like the, uh, the Railmaster. Uh, that's one of my, uh, first choices from their collection. These watches have really, really good shock absorbance, and they also have really good anti-magnetism, which is where in this price point you really start to get some good resistance to. And I know in the firearms industry, you're always around different types of machines, all types of magnetism. These are able to repel that, which deeply affect the accuracy of a watch. Um, So that would be my choice. Now, the only thing about when you kind of get into these echelons, these like luxury brands, is, is that they start to get a little bit more handcrafted and typically handcrafted with a lot of these pieces doesn't make them the most robust. Okay. Arguably, I would probably say I would still choose something like the Mule Glasuta for tactical purposes over something like an Omega, strictly okay. because there's more of a functional purpose versus it being more elegant. Okay, gotcha. And then, uh, so if if we're going to go up, maybe money is no object. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm thinking maybe 
you kind of mentioned it, but it's getting into like handcrafted watches. So that kind of drives us out of the tactical world and more into the just day-to-day office type environment, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. (laughs) Okay. So, um, so doubling back, I've got a question specific on a brand and I just want to get your opinion. Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh. I've been I've been doing a lot of research on Hamilton watches, and I really like like them. I don't own one, but mm-hmm. um, it might be the next one that I that I try to pick up. What's your thoughts on Hamilton? And is there one uh, offering that they have that you would say, yeah, that one's really good to go? Oh, 100 um, percent. I'm wearing a Hamilton right now, actually. Okay. One of my one of my favorite pieces in my collection. Um, I would probably say their khaki collection. They have a khaki auto uh, specifically They have a they have one made out of titanium which I think is absolutely fantastic. That's right under a thousand bucks. So a relatively attainable piece. Um, It's got a very reliable, robust movement in there, 80 hour power reserve, and it's grade two titanium, which is going to be stronger than stainless steel, but you know, about 40% of the weight, which I think makes it light enough to just feel like it's really just not even there. It kind of just is an invisible piece. Sure. Um, So that would be my main suggestion. Okay. And then um, what is like, a sweet spot in maybe not just tactical watches, but just watches in general. Like um, where do you find like the most value for the, for the money? I mean, obviously you can go up to a $200,000 Rolex all the way down to a $30 G shock or whatever, but what price point do you find? Like the most value is usually set in that price point. Hmm. As a, as a general purpose piece kind of thing. Yeah. Just as a watch in general. So people can like, maybe set their budget to that and then start looking into some of these watches and whatnot. Gotcha. You know that, honestly, that's a good question. I would say that the, the, the price point that you have to stay within is not as high as most people think. I think some people sometimes have a, the idea that they have to spend thousands, like five grand plus to really get, you know, a good piece that could be respected. I mean, truthfully, the best budget to begin for anybody would, if you're looking for something along that line would be something between 500 to a thousand tops. That's one of the best price points, in my opinion, to get your feet wet with whatever direction you want to kind of go with. Um, You know, movements in this price point are always pretty much just robust, durable, nothing necessarily highly finished, but they get the job done. And it's a good way to educate yourself on how to even have a watch, owning it, maintaining it and going through that specific cord. So I would say somewhere between about 500 to 1000. Hamilton's a great way to go. That was where I went in my early 20s. So I think that's probably that's probably, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty solid suggestion right there. All right. So, and you talked about maintaining it. Obviously, we're, we will be using these watches every day out there in the, in the fields, whether it be law enforcement, military, just like me, I'm just an average Joe trainer. But mm-hmm. how often, let's say we go with an automatic. If, if we went with something like the Citizen Echo Drive, very little maintenance, change the battery once every like eight or 10 years or something crazy, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much it, correct? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. So, but let's say we went automatic. How often should we be looking at getting um, maintenance on it? And um, should we be sending it back into like a certified, I don't know, dealer or somebody that actually works on that brand of watch? Gotcha. Like the manufacturer. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. So I would say typical service intervals are anywhere between about five to seven years. This is more of like a general, I would say interval. This would be for watches somewhere between about 500 up to about maybe three, four K. Um, they're all pretty much operating with somewhat of a similar feel of parts and uh, oils and lubricants, that kind of thing. Um, that's that's pretty much the average. Anything higher than that, 
I would say is very specific to that specific brand. But I always do recommend taking the watch back directly to the manufacturer if it's something that's referred to being in-house or if it's something that's like a proprietary kind of movement. Um, but if it's something, you know, within those price points and it's using a relatively base movement, like it's like a time-only watch. It doesn't have like a chronometer, chronograph, moon phase, all that kind of stuff. I would say five to seven years is pretty solid. Awesome. And so where are people buying these watches? Like, obviously, you could probably go on Amazon and find a handful of stuff. 30 to 40% of it's probably faked. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're, we talk about it all the time in... Uh, we've done podcasts on it. We talk about it in our classes. Mm -hmm. We buy gadgets for our guns and we try to steer people away from the Amazons just because you don't know if it's some sort of Chinesium knockoff and it looks identical and it just doesn't work the same. I'm assuming it's probably the same in the watch world. So do you have any places online that you would recommend? And then also, I'm assuming you could always go to like a certified dealer in your hometown and try to pick up stuff there as well. That's correct. That's the best way to say it. I always do recommend uh, fishing around if there is an authorized dealer in your area. If not, uh, plenty of all manufacturers, any brand, they typically list who's an authorized dealer in terms of like e-commerce. Mm -hmm. um, so they can know, you know, what websites are safe, where to go, that kind of thing. But I always do recommend going with an authorized dealer specifically because you get that manufacturer warranty. You know, that's your bread and butter in case anything really goes wrong. Um, that's kind of like your grace period, as I like to say, if you're ever trying to try something new with the watch and just try to figure things out, at least you have a warranty to kind of save you in case of anything after that. Sure. Absolutely. So last couple of things, we'll kind of tie it all up in a nice little bow. Anything that, um, we, myself or the listeners should be looking for, um, let's say we want to get into like a little bit nicer watch that we can wear every day. Is there th specific things we should be looking for staying away from, or just kind of the world is your oyster, just kind of go check out some of these brands that you mentioned and just go, go have some fun. That's, that's the best way, man. Uh, literally, I would say just go to a local AD, uh, get your feet wet and understand what particular brands you might like. Um, you'd be surprised also with price. Don't be intimidated by thinking, Oh, this one is $200 and this one over here is 2000 you'd be surprised how many parts are pretty much in common with these two watches. So for me, I would say some of the best ways to get educated is always knowing the movement. The movement is the saving grace to really know where your money is going. Um, that is really, that's pretty much the most important part because it's easy to kind of go with the brand for the, you know, marketing and perception of what the quality is. But I would absolutely say to kind of get educated with understanding the basis of the movements. And nowadays there's so many different YouTubers out there like Teddy Baldassar who kind of like talk about these things and, you know, make it a lot more comprehensible for us. Cause there was, I wish these things were around when, you know, 10 years ago when I started getting in because it was, <laughs> it was messy. <laughs> you don't really know what you're getting into. I think that's how I got invested or started looking at watches. A buddy of mine sent me a link to one of Teddy's videos. Yeah. And that's the one. And I think it was the, like a simple one, like, this is an automatic, this is a quartz watch, just like dialing down every little piece of the watch. And then it turned into a rabbit hole. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, well, awesome. Um, people, uh, to get a hold of you, you do not have social media or anything like that. You're just a watch guy, correct? Correct, sir. I am uh, I'm a lone shark out there. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, I just want to thank you so much for, for popping on. Um, I mean, maybe people listen in my world, maybe not. I'm telling you, I'm a little bit selfish. I kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit for a few things. So thanks so much for hopping on. Hey, it was my pleasure, Luke. Thank you for having me, brother.
Absolutely. And if you guys want to pick up some watches um, or come to take, take a training class with us and want to talk watches with me, you can do that. Um, go to uh, green-ops.com. There you'll find our schedule for all of 2023. Also, I will link or put the in the show notes the names of all these watches that Dan mentioned because the I still I forgot the one that you had mentioned in the maybe the $2,500 realm. It was, I, I have no idea. So I will get the uh, spelling of that. I will put it down in the show notes. And then I'll also link to the uh, the YouTube video that I kind of started into the watch world so you guys can maybe get into the watch world as well. So Dan, again, thanks for everything. I really appreciate it. Guys, go out there, get yourself a nice watch. It doesn't have to be a $25,000, $5,000 watch. You heard Dan say you can spend a few hundred dollars on a Citizen Echo Drive and be just squared away when you're out there. So go grab a watch, come on out, get some training with us, and hopefully we'll see you out there on the range. Mom, love you. Everybody else, we'll talk to you soon.